9, 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. You know, I'm really proud of you. Why? Because you can count to 10. You, like, didn't, like, hesitate. Oh, wow. You almost spilled your beer, though. Welcome back to another episode of the Team Morale Podcast, where we do our three favorite things. We talk a little bit of booze, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of basketball. Ian the Tall Guy, back with you again for another banger of a podcast, and we are talking Olympics today, Mitch. International basketball, the basketball we all really love. The NBA is just a side project for the rest of us. Olympics is where it's all about. Yeah, so we we always talk about the NBA here on the Team Morale Podcast, and there's a little bit of correlation between the two. Um, the Olympic team is generally filled with NBA players. It has been for a long, long time. Um, originally it was not, but now it is. And we cannot be more excited to talk about the Olympics today because the U.S. brought home a, another gold medal this year. They did. Sitting on the back of Damian Lillard pretty much the whole time. <laughs> Not Dame, true. Dame struggled a little bit in the playoffs or in the playoffs in the uh, in the Olympics, which was a bit of a bummer to watch for me. But I am really happy they ended up with the gold because I will say this team, I will say this Olympic gold may have been more earned than any of the last three that there have been. Oh yeah, the the international talent when it comes to basketball is only going up. It's going to be harder and harder every year for the U.S. to just walk through and take gold like they used to. They used to walk through, win every game by 60, and then, you know, come back with the gold like they could without even trying, without even breaking sweat. Nowadays, you've got all sorts of international superstars in the NBA. You've got your, you know, Nikola Jokic, the MVP of the NBA, not American. Giannis. Giannis, the multiple-time MVP, the leader of the Milwaukee Bucks who won the championship, not American. Luka Doncic. the The future. The future face probably of the NBA not American, like a ton of very good NBA players um, are are not American. And so, you know, and, and the U.S. kind of experienced this with losing a couple of games this year that is kind of not unheard of, but just not thought when it comes to American basketball. Yeah, no, the world is catching up. That is for sure. The world is catching up. And it's funny how when you look at all the teams, you can tell which teams are going to be the better international teams basically by how many NBA players they have or by the level of NBA players that we have. And the really fun thing for me to watch is the guys that are like the fringe, like rotation guys, like really solid players, but not stars go to their international teams and just blow up. I mean, look at the guys like Patty Mills, like Evan Fournier, like Patty Mills put up 42 points in that bronze medal game against Luka Doncic to, for Australia to take over Slovenia. Like these guys ball out when they're with their like home teams. Yeah. When, when they get in the situation where they can have the ball in their hands and have the leeway to shoot as many shots as they want the green light, they, they, they can, they can put up crazy numbers, which goes to show how difficult it is to play in the NBA. That being said, there are a lot of good countries nowadays that, put up really good, you know, basketball players and can, and can put together really good teams. Nigeria beat the USA in one of their, um, like qualifying games and very it, young too, uh, or exhibition game. I apologize. But, uh, but they're really good, really young. Slovenia has Luka Doncic, Goran Dragic, a couple of very good NBA players. Um, uh, 
France and Australia were France all, beat us. Yeah, France beat the U.S. in the Olympics, and Australia beat them in a qualifying game or a, a exhibition game. Both stacked with NBA players. I mean, Spain's really good. Spain has always been really good. Has probably the second best league outside yeah. of the NBA in the world, and also has a ton of good NBA players. The Gasol brothers play there. Um, you have a ton of good players. Um, wherever uh, Jokic is from, Serbia. Yep. has a ton of very good you have the um you got a full Serbia, family of Antetokounmpo's playing for the, 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 the green team <laughs> but you have you know you have Jokic you have Boban you have the Bogdanovich brothers both from Serbia so all the Serbian team is good they didn't make it this year because Jokic sat out and a lot of their players sat out but if it came down to every player playing the MB, the the U.S. would not walk away with gold like it would they would have to fight for it they would probably win it. They're probably the most talented team, but it would not be a cakewalk. Canada, also another good Canada team. Canada is a very young, promising, up-and-coming team. I mean, just off the top of my head, we have guys like Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort, uh, Dylan Brooks. R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, Chris Boucher, Brandon Clark. A lot of really good young guys coming out of Canada, Canada, and even more coming like every single year. So Canada is going definitely. And Andrew Wiggins, there's a lot of team, or there's a lot of players in from Canada that are coming to the NBA because it's at basketball is getting more and more popular up in Canada. Uh, so they are definitely going to be a force in the coming years as well. As basketball becomes a more global sport, the harder it will be for the NBA to, uh, or for not the NBA, for the U.S. to walk away with gold every Olympics. That being said. We're looking ahead on the Team Morale podcast, and we are looking to the 2024 Olympics. And Mitch and I have put together what we think the 2024 Olympic team will look like. And we cannot wait to share it with you guys. We can't wait. But before we do that, let's have a look at what we are going to be drinking tonight. Tonight is recommended by our local tap room that we like to go to. Her name is Sasha. Sasha. Thank you, Sasha. Spindle Tap Brewery. It's really good. Um, so this is a brewery that is based out of Houston. The two guys that head it are Leo and Sean and Garrison. These are the main three dudes. So here's a little history on uh, based off their website about kind of like the history of Spindle Tap is before Leo and Sean arrived, Garrison told us how he and Sean met and began brewing together. The two brewmasters, that's what they like to call themselves. Like I the guys that nothing more than be called brewmasters. <laughs> I wonder what you gotta do to uh it's like to being a doctor that. but cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like instead of Dr. Davis, like Brewmaster Davis. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh Garrison holds a degree in biochem from AM. He homebrewed for seven years before meeting with Sean. Sean also homebrewed for seven years before joining Garrison at Spindle Tap and was inspired after a trip to Colorado. When uh, he got home, he couldn't find any beer of what he like he had from Colorado, so he decided to start making his own. They brewed together for a year before coming up with a few home-based recipes. They shared their method methods from their homebrew days, and even when it was just a hobby, they focused sharply on the numbers so they could scale batches without too much trouble. And that sure did come in handy because they are one of the big up-and-coming, kind of still kind of low-key. But one of the ones that you definitely hear about if you are in the microbrew industry. And within the Spindle Tap Brewery, we are drinking their Hops Drop IPA today. And it is it is pretty good. We'll oh, walk, it's really good. Like I say always, we'll walk through the taste a little bit later. But it is really cool to, again, have another local brew 
something smaller, something that was, we didn't pick, which it might be one of the first things we've had on our podcast that which we was just personally given to us. didn't choose. Yeah. We literally went up to the uh, tap room and we're like, hey, Sasha, we have a podcast. Uh, we talk about beers. Recommend one for us. And she she pulled one out immediately. And this is the one that she recommended. And it is worth the pull out. Nice eyebrow wave. Eyebrows wave. <laughs> yes. Like I was just looking at myself in the uh, in the reflection. And I couldn't help it. I look up and we we, we see the uh, picture coming back at us. And Mitch just does a little eyebrow wave to himself. And he's like, hey, I'm Mitch. I can't hey. do the one eyebrow thing though. I can. You can? Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. You can. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't yes. have that kind of I can only strength. Do, I can only do my right one, though. I can't do my left one. <laughs> I don't have yeah. that kind of eyebrow strength, I guess. Uh, no, can't yeah. do it. Anyways, before we get to this. We digress. <laughs> let's, let's break into this team here. And I think the first thing we need to talk about when we talk about the team that we are doing for 2024 is probably the uh, invitees list. Okay, so just so everybody knows the guy who is in charge of usa basketball his name is jerry colangelo he has been a gm and the owner of the phoenix suns at one point or another for those of you who don't know i went to grand canyon university before going to tcu and they have a sports business school that's called the jerry colangelo sports business school so he came in and i actually got to meet him really good guy but he's the one that took took charge of usa basketball after we got bronze in 2004 and he pretty much took it upon himself to be like nah Fuck this. I'm I'm taking charge and we are not getting bronze anymore. Okay. That's not a thing that USA does. What he really likes to do is he makes the list, uh, the finalist list, which can range anywhere from like 50 to 80 in the past years, guys. Who are the best players in the USA that we are actually trying to decide from? So I am now Jerry Colangelo. Hello, Jerry Colangelo. Hello, Ethan Crocker. So we Ethan, my consigliere. And I have come down and made our finalist lists of the best players in the NBA three years from now, mind you. Think about it. It's 2024 now. We are in the year 2024. Cars fly, guys. It's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) The shoes strap on by themselves. Uh, Okay, so here is we broke it down from guards to wings to bigs. And I am just going to rifle through the names. All right. This list has about 75 guys on it. We went through each roster and picked out, you know, who we thought could make the team. The only team not represented here. It's the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> we went through every yeah. roster. We could not figure out someone from the Dallas Mavericks that should be represented. So they're not. Every other team has at least one player uh, represented on this list. There are a couple of players that are rookies in this upcoming draft class. And then there's a couple super young guys who are really good in coming up in the next couple years could be uh, considered on this list going forward three years from now all right i'm going to read this off and i'm going to read it real fast is everybody is everybody ready we're going to start with the guards here is our finalist list for team usa basketball 2024 olympics and if you're watching on youtube or we'll put us post it on our instagram page so you can read third if you want yeah all right here we go Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Trey Young, Tyler Hero, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, Malcolm Brogdon, LaMelo Ball, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. Uh, uh, wow, you're butchering this. Nope, I'm doing great. Devin Booker, CJ McCollum, John Morant, um, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, Kemba Walker, Lonzo Ball, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Kemba Walker, John Wall, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green. <sighs> okay. You know, I've, I have like all the last names written. So a couple of times I had to like, remember who it was. I was like, Mitchell, wait, 
I know his first name. <laughs> okay. your first name? It's my first name. <laughs> okay. Uh, wings. Kevin Durant, Chris Middleton, DeAndre Hunter, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Karis LeVert, Miles Bridges, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, Gary Trent Jr. For the funsies of it. Isaac Okoro, Jonathan Isaac, Jeremy Grant, Mikhail Bridges, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James, Desmond Bain, go TCU, <laughs> Clay Thompson, Keldon Johnson, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Harrison Barnes, Anthony Edwards, Kevin Porter Jr., Cade Cunningham, and Amoni Bates. Okay, now here are the bigs. Andre Drummond, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, John Collins, Bam Adebayo, um, Jared Allen, Mo Bama, Miles Turner, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Anthony Davis, Jaron Jackson Jr., Draymond Green, James Wiseman, Carl Anthony Towns, Christian Wood, Evan Mobley, Chet Holmgren, and an interesting one that I want to talk about for a second is um, DeAndre Ayton. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> you can talk about it. Okay, so DeAndre Ayton is technically Bahamian. He was born in the Bahamas, but he spent a large majority of his life growing up in the United States. He's very similar to Kyrie Irving, who yes. was born in Australia, but identify like registers yeah. as a u.s citizen i think he has dual citizenship so he, he he chose he has chosen and will continue to play for the u.s yeah so just like Kyrie, born in australia he chose to play for u.s Kyrie has actually already played for a usa olympic team deandre ayton at this point let's say three years from now might have a good take for being one of the best bigs in the nba and one of the best bigs america has he to will be offer 26 at that point so just just entering, entering what could be his problem. Yeah, exactly. And we already saw what DeAndre Ayton could be just for like the last, you know, this last season, this last playoff run. We saw a big part of what, De like just scratching the surface of what DeAndre Ayton could be in the NBA, which is dangerous, which is really dangerous. Now, if he chose to play for Team USA, which he very well could do, then that guy probably makes your roster, may or may not make your roster. Obviously, we're going to go over the guy, the 12 guys we chose. We decided to leave him out. We think that he is going to choose to play for the Bahamas with this island nation. I, I would I think, think he, he would, and that's why we left him off this list. But keep in mind, three years from now, if we look back on this podcast and DeAndre Ayton is on the U.S. team, we covered our bases. Yes, exactly. It's why I'm talking about that's why, that's why I wanted to talk about it. Went through everybody, technically not American, kind of American, might choose to Went play to for America. Went to high school in Arizona. Yeah, with a lot of he he was, was that Bishop Gorman. No, Bishop Gorman's one? in Nevada, but he oh, he's, right. he went to a very good. I don't know the exact school, but he went to a very good school in Arizona. With a, a it was a weird year where they dude like, loves Arizona. Three of like the top fifteen picks all went to the same high school or something. Like, it was same as this year. It was similar. Oh wow, where Cade Cunningham went to high school with like two other guys that went at Montverde. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, we digress. Let's break into this team. Okay. Um, let's break in. So we, we you read off the whole list. So that is that's your finalists. Those are the guys that you get to choose from if you're the United States of America. It's like all of those dudes, you have the liberty of picking your top 12. That's how many you get to go to the Olympics, your top 12 of those 75 guys. So, but before we get into the players, I think we need to first talk about how the 2020, way too old. 2024 Olympic team if we are in charge, has a different coach. Pop is pop. Pop's an old man. Pop is a pop. You he's know? fun, and he's fun to have. And he's he's you know everyone. No one hates pop. Everyone loves pop. That being said, his system hasn't 
really looked all that great when it comes to international bas- basketball. They got seventh in the FIBA World Cup in his first like USA basketball coaching debut. They lost some games in this Olympics. Yes, they ended up going home with gold, but it, for a, a minute there, it wasn't certain um, like it has been in years past. And I think it's time to let Pop retire, let him go into retirement, enjoy his time, and move on to a new head coach. Yeah. If Pop wants to come back and be my assistant coach, I'd be totally cool with that. Come back and just yell at the players just for the funsies of it. I'd be about that. But I think it's time for some fresh blood. Yes. And when I'm looking at a new coach for Team USA, I'm looking for someone that has the respect of stars immediately. Someone who can walk into a room and stars are going to listen. And and not only like listen, but can relate. Like, because... As much as it is X's and O's in the Olympics, it's just as important, if not more so, to manage egos and make sure that all these guys who are A1, A2s on their respective teams can form a team in the point of kind of someone who's a all-star has to come off the bench, you know, and and a coach has to convince them of that. And it's not necessarily an easy job. That being said, there is a clear choice in my opinion. So I, I would argue there's a couple choices, but I think that there is one guy that should be the guy and his family has military background. Um, he has traveled abroad a lot. He has played in the NBA. He's been a champion. He's been a general manager. He's been a coach. Who is it? Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Welcome we, to welcome to be the new USA head coach, Steve Kerr. If you can make the, the assistant this year of Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant work together along with like former all-star Andre Iguodala, a super high pick and Sean Livingston mm-hmm. kind of meld together and make it, you know, work. You can do that with a bunch of a bunch of all-stars on the team. Yeah. His system works with all-stars and his system is kind of just share the ball and let stars do what they do type of thing. As long as it like, you know, flows, it works. Whereas like pop system is a little bit more rigid where it's like a little bit more like this is not necessarily the play, but this is the offense we run where Steve Kerr is like, all right, we can ISO if we want, we can, you know, run motion if we want, we can Mm -hmm. run plays if we want a little bit more loosey goosey, which I think fits the USA star-studded system a little bit more and also i think he'll be a better judge of talent than what pop was again not a fault on pop at all he is a you know great coach will be a hall of famer will be on the mount rushmore of basketball but i think it's time that he lets steve kerr do what it looks like his system was born to do yeah i totally agree and i will say pop had a tough go of it this specific year putting a roster together because it was the post-covid year it was the very shortened season. A lot of guys are banged up. A lot of guys are tired. A lot of guys said no. They pretty much had to beg Kevin Durant to show up to this Olympics, and he was the reason we won the gold. If Kevin Durant's not on that team, I have a hard time believing that this team ends up winning the gold. Um, and so that was a very difficult thing for Pop, but you could see that the system didn't really work. They just ran the hell out of the pick and roll, and it didn't work at all. Like the only time we were getting buckets was basically when we were like, Hey, star players, go find me a basket. Thank you very much. Like go isolate. Like that was like, that was our best offense because the pick and roll was 
just getting destroyed by these other international teams. And it's because international basketball is very reliant on the pick and roll. There's not a lot of isolation in basketball outside of the NBA. So they they defend it really well. They, they know how to defend it very expertly. Everybody outside of the NBA, th- that's how offenses run. It's, yeah. it's the pick and roll over and over and over and over and over again until either A, you get a mismatch, or B, you end up getting the shot that you want. Whereas like the NBA is a lot more isolation-based, and that's where this team thrived was in isolation and, and in transition. Yeah, and you got to keep in mind that these teams have – it's the same 12 guys that have played together for a long time, right? Like your star players, if you're France, are Rudy Gobert, are Evan Fournier, are Nicholas Batum. You have the same guys that are coming back for the same – the FIBA World Cup every year. They're coming back for the Olympics every other year. For America, it changes so much because our talent roster is always flipping and changing. Who does want to play? Who doesn't want to play? Uh, who's the new star? Who's the who's the new guy to put on the team? So we are constantly putting new teams together where other teams have a lot more chemistry and they like know how to defend these schemes much better than we do because we go into it with pretty much two weeks of practice and saying, "Hey, we got a lot of talent. Better win gold." Yeah, and it, it's a high it's high pressure situation, but I, I think it's one that Steve Kerr was kind of built for. Um, he's been there. He's done that. He's coached in a big situation. He's been a GM in big, big situation. He's played in big situa- situations. So he's the perfect, and he's also the perfect guy to like not take it so seriously. Yes. Which is honestly kind of what Team USA needed a little bit this year. Pop's very intense. He's a very intense coach, and they need someone a little bit more loosey-goosey, I think. Yeah. Let's let's talk about this roster uh, for a little bit that we put together. You know what? I'm, I'm going to pull an audible on you. Oh, we talked about gosh. this in our, our pre our pre podcast meeting about how we're going to do this. We have I'm, meetings for a reason. And, I, and, and Ethan. I'm, I'm going to pull an audible. Let's start with who we're leaving off the list. Ooh, let's start with the biggest names that we're leaving off the list. So, Mitch, do you have it in front of you? Yes, I have it. Uh, in so, front why, of don't, me. why don't you read off some of the some of the big names that we're leaving off? You don't have to go through all of them, but leave off. Let's leave off some of the guys. All right, I'm going to start off with one that is near and dear. To my heart. This one hurt, Mitch. I, I I fought tooth and nail to get this guy on my team, but we are not going to be taking Damian Lillard to the Olympics this year. We now, hope that he chooses not to. <laughs> but if he, on the odd case he does, Steve Kerr is choosing not to take him. Steve Kerr is clearly biased. He's got he's got other guys on his list that he'd probably have on his team. It's all right. Damon Lillard has already won two other championships after leaving the Blazers and joining the Warriors. So Steve Kerr's had enough of him. Wow, that's that just that just hurts. That just hurts, man. So Damian Lillard won two championships with the Blazers by this time, and he's he's just tired. He doesn't want to go to the Olympics anymore. But okay, so we left okay, so we left Dame off. So another point guard that we are leaving off is Kyrie Irving, multiple time Olympian. And you got to keep in mind, well, these guys like, will be three years older at this point. So three point. years so older. Dame would be 34. Kyrie, Kyrie would only be 32. He'd be only be 32, but he's he's into his 30s at this point. Isn't it weird that Kyrie's not 30 years old? That's wild. Like, Kyrie's had a long career for not being 30 yet. He's been all over the He's place. had a lot of stuff going on. The other guy is James Harden. He did not make our list. He's another one that would be 34 years old. My guess is that James Harden just doesn't even have hamstrings at this point. <laughs> He's, he's, he's rolling himself he around in a wheel. <laughs> he shaved the beard. He looks real weird these days. So he's not on the team. He's not on the team right now. I'm going to give you a couple more oldies. Okay. Here are some of the oldies that we left off. We also left off Kawhi because when we were taking a poll, he never rose his hand or spoke up about wanting to play for the team. 
So Kawhi he's didn't. never expressed interest in playing the team now. So why would he do it when he's in his thirties? Kawhi was just like, wait, do I get a bonus for playing with them? They're like, no, you just get national pride. He's like, yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks. I'm going to stay at home. Um, the other guy, his teammate who will be 34 years old, Paul George did Broke not his make ankle, the cut. Doesn't want to go back. <laughs> he, he snapped the other shin <laughs> practicing for team USA. So he didn't make it. And then a couple of warriors, Steve Kerr, leaving his teammate or leaving his team. Off of the list, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. Both only going to be, what, 30? I think both of them 34. Both 34. Both 34. So both uh, past their prime. And don't get me wrong, guys. This was tough. Cutting 75 to 12 was tough. And we had to make some tough decisions. Those were those were probably two of the toughest that we had to do. Those two and Dame were probably the, yeah. the three that we were just like, man, how do we leave these off? We went through and we we're like, all right. These guys are locks. And then we ended up with like 20 locks and we're like, ah, well, this isn't going to work. <laughs> we need to cut eight of our locks. All right, cool. But anyways, so let's, let's, let's talk about some of these, uh, some of the big men that we're, we're going to have. The so bigs. We, we broke it down into guards, wings, and bigs. And we have three big men that ended up ma- making the team. Mitch, why don't you read through our list of big men that were on the, like the that made final- our finalists. Yes. Okay. So we have in no particular order, by the way. Andre Drummond, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, John Collins, Bam Adebayo, Miles Turner, Jared Allen, Mo Bamba, who we think is going to take a bit of a jump in the next couple of years. Maybe, maybe not. Um, what His teammate, Wendell Carter, uh, Anthony Davis, Jaron Jackson Jr., Draymond Green, James Wiseman, Carl Anthony Towns, Christian Wood, Evan Mobley, who I have high hopes for, by the way, and Chet Holmgren, who I also have high hopes for. Chet Holmgren currently not in the NBA right now. but Playing for Gonzaga next he year. He is going to be a uh, Gonzaga Bulldog next year and is rumored to be the next coming of Kevin Durant. Projected it's, number one overall pick. He is supposed to be very, very good. He will be 22 in 2024 so he's what 19 right now yes so he he will be 22 in 2024 he will be a rookie next nba season his upcoming season at gonzaga will be this year he'll be a one and done and barring injury he will be very very good the dude looks like he's built of pencils but he has such a smooth game i don't know if any if any of you got to watch the 17 and under game this last year uh or 19 and under game actually featured mike miles at a tcu and J- jamie dixon was the cat was one of the assistant coaches on it but chet holmgren went off pretty much and he showed off the whole artillery that he has the dude has all the makings of a superstar in the they, NBA. They, they call him the next coming of kevin durant for a reason yeah he's seven feet tall and he's got a nice handle and he likes to shoot from three but anyways Moving on, we have three bigs making the team. It, it, for those of you that don't know, USA generally runs small in the Olympics. They don't have a lot of bigs. So we uh, took one of our bigs and made him a guard. So we only have three bigs. Um, let's start with the first one, Bam Adebayo out of the heat, coming back after last Olympics. Played great. He was one of he was one of the best players, one of the most consistent guys on this Olympic team. When you had Jason Tatum that really struggled from the field, Damian Lillard who was struggling with his new role as a facilitator versus a scorer, um, a lot of the other guys who were very up and down. Bam Adebayo right next there to Kevin Durant, I would say was the most consistent player on the team throughout the Olympics. I don't want to say he was the second best player, but he consistent. was consistent. Probably the second most important player yeah. on this team. His defensive ability, he was the defensive anchor of this team. Had to guard Go Bears. Like he had, he had to guard a several lot of good, good bigs, bigs. A lot of good bigs. Um, and then not only that, but he had to, he had to, you know, facilitate the ball a little bit. In, in in Pop's offense, the bigs have to pass. And Bam's a very good passer, but 
passing in Pop's offense is not easy, and he did it very well. And he and he 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 played very well. Wow, someone just blared on a horn out the They're window. honking at us. Anyways, the fans. Bam, the fans Bam, are overrunning Bam played us very here. well, and he is one of the first bigs that we have on our team. Yes. So we have one Bam Adebayo. He makes the first big spot on our team. Am I supposed to do the next one? I can or you can. I'll do it. Okay. The next guy that's the big, that's the next big on our team is going to be Anthony Davis, which I think is fair. Anthony Davis, another past Olympian. For those of you who don't remember, he's on that 2012 team when he hadn't even played an NBA game yet. He played with LeBron. He played with Carmelo and Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant and Chris Paul. That was the team that everyone was thinking like this could be, this team could beat the dream team. The dream team. Debatably. It was so, like one of those, yeah. it was a big, it was a big thing back then was like, what team was better? The 2012 team or you the, know, 92 the, team. the 92 dream team. And, and if they were to play against each other, I think the 92 dream team would win, but I think it would be probably a very tough fight. Both this might be a whole different, had a lot of hall of famers on it. This might be a whole different podcast, but I think the big issue, like the 92 team had better bigs. Yes. Anthony Davis was a, not even a rookie yes. at this point. Tyson Chandler, yes, had won a defensive player of the year like two years prior or something like that. But they had Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone, Charles yeah. Barkley. You know, they were stacked. They were all very, very good. And 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 we forgot to say this. Bam Adebayo would be 27 in the upcoming Olympics. 24 now. He would be 27. Anthony Davis would be 31. So on, on the older end, I will say this team that we put together has a good mix of young and old. And Anthony Davis is one of the older guys on this team. Yeah. Sitting at 31, he's kind of just at the tail end of his prime. And uh, I'm sure he's still going to be amazing because he's, he is amazing. Yeah. Anthony Davis, very good basketball player. He will be helping the team. Um, he will be probably the, one of the better bigs and definitely the biggest big. Yes. That they have. Because um, our last big. Because our last big is a smaller one. Six foot two. Yeah. He's six (laughs) foot six, but it is Zion Williamson. He will be 24 at this point. He rounds out our big rotation. Um, He comes in, offers a giant spark, and just the bowling ball mentality when it becomes, when playing against a lot of guys who, you know, play Euro ball, a guy with that much size and athleticism will take a lot of them by surprise. I will say one of the things I think our team lacked heavily in this Olympics was dudes that could just put their shoulders down and just go through people and get to the hole. In past Olympics, we were so much bigger and stronger and more athletic than people that we had LeBron rolling through people, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, guys that would just like put their head down and go around and over guys. This we team, didn't have that at all this last year. This team was a lot less physical than yes. USA teams have passed because USA teams would just impose their will especially on, defensively on, yeah uh, on other teams they like, were just so much more physical this team was not zion kind of answers that bell in terms of just being overly physical he'll come in and just wear people down yeah and if nothing else we'll pop them in and run a couple pick and rolls and just toss some crazy alley-oops to him and just be absolutely electric coming off the bench as our third big yeah absolutely he he will so th- those are the three bigs that we have he will zion will be a integral part to the rotation for sure but we have bam Adebayo returning for another olympics anthony davis returning for another olympics and then zion making his olympic debut um we will go through and, and release our starting five at the end of this podcast so we won't tell you who will be the starter just yet but those are our three bigs that we have in the rotation let's take a break here and let's and let's revisit this beer and talk taste for a minute all right 
So just so if in case anyone forgot, Spindle Tap Brewery, we're drinking the Hops Drop IPA. Out of Houston. Out of Houston, fairly new, pretty young guys, all out of Texas A&M. Which is cool because if you look at the can, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, they have cool the, the Houston skyline. Yeah, no, that's a real part cool of can. The, uh, as part of the can, which is kind of cool. Okay, so this is an IPA. India Pale Ale, for those of you who don't know. There's, IPAs are meant to be super hoppy. Almost like we like to joke about guys who love IPAs as like the ones that like like to hurt themselves almost, or it's like IPAs can be super hard to drink, and you're just like put you're forcing yourself to put it down. It makes it difficult to enjoy the beer when you're having to choke it down. Yeah, yeah. I don't get that at all from this. No, no. This, this is one of the smoothest IPAs I've ever had in my entire life. It is real good. Yeah, it's almost to the point where like. You definitely get the hoppiness of an IPA, but it, it almost tastes like a light IPA. Mm. I, I wouldn't call it like a full IPA. It's also not a hazy. It's not very juicy. Yeah. It's 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 just a, a perfect blend of like flavor and hops to the point where it's not overpowering. Because a lot of IPAs, you have an IPA and you drink it and it's like, holy shit, I'm drinking soap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I hate when I get that. I hate when I get an IPA and I'm drinking it and all of a sudden I'm just like trying to like be a man and I'm manning through. I'm just like, yeah, no, this is delicious. I can't wait to order a Bud Light after this. I can't believe I cussed <laughs> and my mom's pressed. putting soap in my mouth again. <laughs> uh, so one of the flavors I kind of pick up out of this is I think that there's like some like darker fruit flavors. And so I kind of get like a grape type of flavor out I of it. I definitely get grape. Right. Yep, you I get a little grape out grape. of it. Yeah. Um, but I will say it's as far as IPAs go, I think it is on the juicier side of things yeah absolutely it's it i wouldn't call it juicy though i don't know if i'd call it juicy i i don't know if i i think it's just not overly hoppy without being know. juicy juicy to me it brings like a lot of like bursts of flavor and this one isn't necessarily burst it just like is smooth yeah you know what i'm saying no i uh i do i do see what you're saying but anyways spindle tap you guys Really, really good. This is the Hops Drop IPA. I'm sure that they have several different iterations of their beer as well. We're still getting our beer taste buds yeah. going. We're, we're, we're getting better at whiskey. We don't drink enough beer on the podcast. to like The beer that we have on the podcast is more like novelty beer where it's just like we had pina colada yeah. beer or like Chex Mix beer, you know? <laughs> and the like, pickle beer. We haven't, we haven't like gone through and like got our taste buds ready to like really, really dissect a beer, but- Analyze. The fact that we like it because neither of us, I would consider b big beer drinkers. The fact that, especially IPA drinkers, yeah. The fact that we're putting this down is probably is, means a lot. It means a lot that this IPA is a very, very good IPA. If you're in the Houston area, definitely go visit Spindle Tap Brewery. Shout out Graham Dole, who is one of the founders of Team Morale. Yes, no, he by is. the way, we haven't brought him up yet. We'll have to give him a shout out. Um, he'll be on point. the podcast. He'll be on the point. podcast at some point, but he's a OG team morale guy and he is from the Houston area and has brought spindle tap up to me before, but I've never had a beer from there. So definitely a good brewery, definitely a good beer. The hops drop IPA, give it a taste. Definitely worth your time. Yes, absolutely. All right. I am ready to jump in to the last members of our team USA roster for 2024. Are you ready? Yes. Let's jump into the wings. Why don't you read off our wings uh, finalist list and then we'll, we'll break into our wings. Okay. Uh, team. So here are the finalists for the wings to be on our team. And again, in no particular order, 
Kevin Durant, Chris Middleton, DeAndre Hunter, Jason Br- or Jalen Brown, Jason Brown, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Karis LeVert, Miles Bridges, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, Gary Trent Jr., Isaac Okoro, Jonathan Isaac, Jeremy Grant, Mikhail Bridges, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James, Desmond Bain, Clay Thompson, Keldon Johnson, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Harrison Barnes, Anthony Edwards, Kevin Porter Jr., Cade Cunningham, Amoni Bates. <sighs> Okay, so, <laughs> so we have Zion under wings. I we, we we made him a big later. We just based on his size, he threw him under wing, but he's a big. Um, the only person that we need to mention here is Amoni Bates, another young guy. He is currently seventeen. He uh, yeah, he's seventeen right now. He he actually has a still pending um, where he's going to go. Yeah, he hasn't decided. He's he's he reclassified is... to be in this next draft and he's going to play college next year or he's either college or j or g league or international or something but he's going to choose at this point leaning towards memphis from what i hear but yes he's one of these guys that just like chet holmgren might be a one through three pick in this he's next draft to be very 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 good yeah we'll have a ladies man tom on at some point oh uh, yeah he's got a crush he's on a michigan him. he's a michigan guy a michigan Simone man Bates, and tom loves him anyways let's break down who we ended up having make the list the first guy should be obvious Kevin Durant coming back for another Olympic uh, run. He will be, looks like 35 at this point in 2024, but has holds almost all of the offensive records for USA Olympic basketball and comes back to just add to him. And just, he's the reason we won gold this year. And he will be an integral part of the reason why we are going for gold again in 2024. I think that we found at this point that the Olympics mean a lot to Kevin Durant. They really do. I think he takes a lot of pride in playing for Team USA. And I think that there is a part inside of him that wants to go down as the greatest Team USA player of all time. I would agree. And and this will be, if he goes in 2024, this will be his third? Fourth. Fourth. He has three gold medals. He has, so we've won now four in a row. 12, 16, 20. Yes. And he's three been a part. In- yeah, yeah, no, four in a row. 2008, Eight, 2012, 2000. But he wasn't a part of 2008. No, he wasn't. So he's he was won with 12, 12, 16, 16 yeah, now 20. And so I think if he wins one more, he'll win more gold medals than any guy in history. Not woman, because Sue Bird and uh, Diane Taurasi have now won four or five. It was something. It was they're like five. Very or good. We need they're to both do that. Old. We need to do a WNBA dude, podcast, dude. They're the, they're like one of the greatest Olympian teams of all time. They're like seventy two and zero in the last like five Olympics or something like that. Why haven't we talked? About we should talk about that. All anyways, right. anyways. Um, apologies. So I think that Kevin Durant it means a, a lot to him. I think he already is probably going down as one of the greatest Olympians of all time. Just right now, the, he holds like the points most record. Points records, field goal attempts records, field goals made records, and mm. I think three point makes record. But one more gold would solidify, solidify him and, and he doesn't and, have to be the star star of this team because right now it's between him and carmelo anthony yeah i would say and they both have three yeah and if he gets one more he solidifies himself and again he doesn't need to be an integral part but at 35 he will probably be a big part of this team so he he is our first wing that comes the next guy making his uh return to the usa team would be jason tatum yeah he he's he's back for redemption round. Yeah, right. He's he trying to prove sucked. himself. He struggled, man. He did not play well. He so he had the one big game against Czech Republic where he went off and had like twenty six points or something like that. Every other game it was like three for ten, two for eleven, just struggling hard from the field. I think at this point he's gonna be what twenty six years old. At this point in twenty twenty four, he will be. 
is he? 26. 26. So t- just entering, if not fully developed and in his prime, we forget that the guy is only 23 years old and he's been to three Eastern Conference finals and he's a gold medal Olympian. I think he has a very bright future ahead of him. I think that by the time he's 26 years old, he is going to be at the peak of his powers and he is going to be a damn good basketball player. He's going to be one of those guys where it's like, you just cannot leave him off your team. Regardless. Yeah. Regardless of how many guys who's on the team, he's one of those. He's just got to be a lock. He was one of our first locks where he's like, he's coming back. Yeah. Right after KG. Um, Another guy, he's going to be a young guy. Yeah. We're, we're bringing some youth on this team. We've got, we've got a good mix of old with, um, you know, AD and KD coming back, but then we've got some young guys in Tatum and Zion and bam. Another guy who's super young, who we have a lot of faith in is Cade Cunningham. Now this is a bit of a gamble on our side. We're, we're, we're taking a reach here. Our first big reach of our team. I have not seen this guy play an NBA game yet. I saw him play a summer league game. He got 12 points. Sure looked good while he was doing it. He will be 22 in 2024. Yeah. I, okay, so I really do believe that Cade Cunningham, being on the Pistons, he's going to get the greenest of green lights that there has been. He's going to come in. He's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to put up mad stats, the feel for the game that this guy has in college and just what he's shown so far is ridiculous. Luca-esque. It's Luca-esque. I think that he's going to be able to come in, play guard, play wing, play a little big if you need him to, because he is a larger guy. I think that he would be a perfect fit as the young guy on this team, bring some energy, bring some exuberance because uh, yeah, I just, I think that this is a big reach for us, but we got to have Cade. I don't think we're spoiling anything by saying by no means is he going to be a starter, but he is. And by what I mean, when I say Luca esque is he never doesn't play his pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, very easily for guys who make, you know, steps from, you know, high school to college, college to pro, you know, pro to the NBA, you know, you know, G League to the NBA or summer league to the NBA. They, they get sped up by the defense. They get sped up by the game and it, and it becomes difficult. Not him. Yeah. He, he plays stay, his pace. He plays his pace, stays cool, calm and collected at all times. And it's ve- the, the only other guy that I can think of that right now who's a young guy is Luca who can come in and just like not be sped up ever um we have one more wing that's left that we need to talk about and and this one might be one of the more controversial names that we're bringing up so first off he has to want to play yes he does he has to want to he has because to he has to make the decision i, I want to play in the olympics i don't think that based on his talent at his age will he be on the team based on his talent yes that being said at 39 years old you cannot lead this man off if he wants to play if LeBron James tells you he wants to be on your basketball team, you say yes. Okay. That's the situation. Now we all, I mean, LeBron is currently sitting at 36 right now. He has already defied father time. He should be like declining and like borderline bad at this point. Three years ago. <laughs> it should be like borderline bad at this point. Cause that's where guys like here, this 36, 37, 38 range. That's when you start really hitting the decline button. I don't see that from LeBron. I think that anytime, kind of like Jordan, he showed up back up in his late 30s to play with the Wizards and was still averaging 20 points a game. He's one of those guys where it's like, as long as he's playing basketball, he's going to be really good at basketball. And so if LeBron says, let's say this is his last year. Let's say he wants one more hurrah before retiring. I want to go out on top. The best way to do that is go and play with the Olympic team. I can be the vet. I can be the leader. I may not even start, but I can be the guy that everyone rallies around. If LeBron James wants to be on this team, I'm taking him. 
Oh yeah, you you can't not. I mean, for a guy who the media kind of makes as selfish when he comes on the court, he is as about as selfless as it gets. Mm-hmm. And what better to have on your Olympic team that's filled with stars as a guy who wants nothing more than to pass the ball? Yeah, and I mean, and to pass the ball from his size. The, the U.S. team, he's been on it before, and he has done nothing but dominate. Will he be physically imposing at 39? No, probably not. But will he be the highest IQ basketball player on the court? Every single time he steps on a court, he's the highest IQ basketball 100%, player on yeah, the court. Exactly. So yes, and that's exactly <laughs> why we're going to have him on this team. So that wraps, wraps up the wings. So again, we have Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Cade Cunningham, and LeBron James as our wings, joining Bam Adebayo, Anthony Davis, and Zion Williamson to make our front court, yep. basically. All right, we're Let's, on to the fun part now. We're, we're on to the guards. Which the guards. The USA is always guard heavy. All it, right. Every single year, the USA takes more guards than anyone else. This particular year, we have five. So we've had seven guys so far. We have five more open roster spots. We have five guards here. And Mitch, why don't you read off the guards? We have more guards than any position in our which, know, finalist which list. Which just describes which the NBA and like USA basketball at this point. But- here is the list of the guards, again, in no particular order. Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Trey Young, Tyler Hero, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, Malcolm Brogdon, LaMelo Ball, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, CJ McCollum, John Morant, Jamal Murray, Kemba Walker, Lonzo Ball, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, D'Angelo Russell, Kemba Walker, John Wall, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green. So the only guy on this list that I feel like we need to talk about a little bit would be Jalen Suggs and maybe yes. Jalen Green. Yes. So, okay. So we don't have either of those guys on our team, right? Full disclosure, neither of them made it. Neither, neither of them made it. I, I, I mean, obviously this is three years from now and we are projecting and we're guessing and we're hoping, right? It's like, we think that Cade Cunningham is going to already be an all-star superstar in the league three years from now. Maybe he's not, maybe he sucks. Who like there's first round pick, there's first overall picks, Markel Fultz, Anthony Bennett's that come in and they're not good. Maybe we're wrong about that. Maybe Jalen Suggs comes in and is amazing. Maybe Jalen green comes in and is hyper athletic and like the next Jordan. We don't know, but these guys are too young for us to really guess at this point to make li- the list over some of these um, other amazing guards that USA has. Yeah. And, 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 and they're both young. They both have shown out in, in summer league so far. They both have played very well. Um, we'll see where they go in the upcoming years. But as of right now, we do have them off the list. I have to say the only reason we did this whole podcast is because Steph Curry talked about, you know, potentially joining yeah. The USA team. And that's a perfect segue in Steph Curry being the first guard we have on our team. Yeah. Just like you said, the thing that even sparked this idea for us was the fact that Steph Curry was like, oh, I'll be on the team in three years. He'll be 36. And it's like, it's like, well, first of all, do we like, are you good enough to be on the team? Yes. I mean, what if he's one of those guys that has a major decline? It's Stephen Curry. I get that. I get that. I'm just saying, what if he's one? I mean, he's you help make thir- the team, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> this is our I, team. I did. I did. But I'm playing a little devil's advocate. Okay. I'm playing a little devil's advocate because Stephen Curry is going to be 36 at this point. Yes. 36 is old. You can shoot threes till you're 105. <laughs> That's a very, and that is why he makes our team, yes. right? So we're going to. It doesn't matter if he's in a walker. You throw him out there at the half court line with a basketball. It's going in. So that is why he's on our team, right? 
But at 36 years old, he is going to have a lot of competition with, as we just read off the list, yes. a lot, Absolutely. A There's a lot, of, good lot of really good guards that could make this team. But even Stephen, I think Steph Curry is even putting him, his name out there now because he's going to know that he's going to want to be on that team. Steph Curry probably doesn't play much longer than 38. And he hasn't been on the right? Olympic team before. Has I think he? he's been on one. Uh, I don't think he has been. He's on been one. on FIBA teams. But I don't hold think he's on. ever made an Olympic Hold on, team. research mode for a second. But the, the another big reason why we have him on this team right now is Steve Kerr being the head coach of the bas- of the Olympic team is a big reason why we have Steph Curry because Steve Kerr has not only taken Steph under his wing, but been the perfect coach for him. He's, you know, encouraging when he needs to. He's hard on him when he needs to. And Steph, you know, thrives in that role because that's what Steve Kerr was. He was the three-point specialist. Steph Curry is obviously way more than a three-point specialist, but he's taken that part of the game and blown it up into so much more than what we thought. So Steph Curry was on the 2010 FIBA World Cup Championship team and the 2014 FIBA World Cup Championship team but he has never played in an Olympics. And that is the, another reason. And that why is why he wants it. That is why he's talking about because it right now. that guy now. wants a gold medal. That guy saw a gold medal. He was getting big time FOMO out there. Yeah. So this is his he chance. He's with 36 stars. years old. He's definitely past his prime. He's, you know, still probably good at this point, but we don't know. But he he is our first our guard, our first guard coming off the, uh, coming off the list there. Yes. Yes, he is. And uh, the next guard that we're going to take, again, Long list of guys. I think the the notable guy that we left off as far as guards go is probably Damian Lillard. But we went with the guy who's younger. We went with the guy who's a better passer than Damian Lillard is. We went Trey Young. A guy who's very vocal about not making the team this year. Oh, yeah, no. He was pissed off about it. I mean, and a guy who... I mean, fair enough, but... And a guy who kind of takes things personally, especially like you know, being snubbed like that, he takes stuff like that personally, and it, he's going to make it his goal to make this team this uh, coming up. So Trey Young, I mean, what doesn't what needs to be said about Trey Young? I'm going to make a guess right now that three years from now, Trey Young is averaging 32 and 15. Yeah, I mean, big stats. It, guy. it could be big stats guy Trey Young, and, and, and it showed this year that he could do it on a good team. Yeah, that was the biggest thing to me. Yeah. Is like coming into the NBA, I was like, oh, Trey Young, great great basketball player but he's going to be a big stats on a bad team guy he showed me this year and and i'll I'll admit like i was wrong like he proved me wrong that he can be a stats on a good team type of guy yeah he can contribute to winning basketball absolutely that that i mean just small digression that hawks team is super fun we had the the three guys that we mainly had from the hawks was trey young deandre hunter and john collins John Collins and DeAndre Hunter are both 23 years old. Trey Young is, what, 21 years old right now? 22 yeah, years he'll old? he'll be 24 at the time. Yeah, so he's 21 years old right now. That Hawks team no, is going to be... No, he'll be 25. He's okay, 22, 22. Right Either way, 22, 23, 23. Super young core, super fun to watch. Trey Young, obviously the star of that team, the ringleader of that team. And I think that it would be good for, the, for our Olympic team to have a guy that can come in and not only bomb it from half court just like Steph can, but also be able to have more of a distributor's mindset, be able to like get around the screens, be able to go like if you're running the pick and roll offense, he's really good at finding the like small crevices and getting through and getting to the paint and then kicking out. One of the that's best, what we need. One of the best lob throwers yeah. in the NBA. The Trey Young to him and, Zion, him and Zion. <laughs> will be so wild. I that exact same thing. Yes. But moving on, we have another young guard to come to come with us here to uh where is the 2024 Olympics? 
Uh, it is Paris. in Paris. Ah, Paris. So he's coming to Paris with us. Uh, that would be one John Morant. Yes. An electric could not be more different than Trey Young and Steph Curry. For real. This guy attacks the rim with such ferocity. He is young Russell Westbrook right now. Another guy that actually like was very vocal about how pissed off he was that he wasn't picked. Yeah. He was, I mean, him the, and Trey Young both came out and were like, really? You have JaVale McGee and Keldon Johnson on this team over me? The fuck, guys? <laughs> it, it is awesome to see young NBA players being like, I want to play because – this this year was a little bit discouraging with so many good players not wanting to play as a fan. It like, man, like you don't want to play. Like, but one thing, I get it. Like long NBA season, you're tired, you want to spend time with your family. Totally get it. But just the fan of me is like, dang, like I would love to see all these great guys play together. So these young guys being like, yeah, I want to make it a priority to play and to represent my country. Like John ja Morant, you gotta have him on this team. You gotta have him. Another he was, he was one of our first locks, by yeah. the way. Another guy where I think that it's really important for this next Olympic team to assert their dominance athletically. And John Rant, there is, I don't think there's a guy in the NBA that is as quick and as shifty and is as explosive, like jumping as John Rant is, while also being focused on everyone else. When you put Jaw in, you can put him in with a bunch of shooters on the floor at the same time. And Jaws' focus is everyone else. And that's always been his thing. That's how the Memphis Grizzlies play basketball. They had like seven or eight guys that averaged 10 points or more on this team last year. That is what Jaws is so good at. And that's kind of why we wanted him on our team. Yeah. I mean, there he might not have the biggest vert in the NBA, but he might have the quickest vert. Yeah. He goes from like on the ground to dunking height faster than anybody else. Oh, yeah. Else. Yeah. All right. So the next two guys, there is so okay. So we had a lot of guys to pick from. We were debating: do we get another big because our bigs aren't as large as you know? If we're going against Jokic and Gobert, do we need another big? Full disclosure: I'm just going to say it. We were really between Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, like full disclosure, we had yeah. two spots for those four guys, and there was and, ju- and, and Zach Levine, and Zach Levine, and Zach right, Levine right. was the other guy, yeah, in that and that was Zach Levine, and so also I think that like if Kawhi Leonard is still really good and wanted to be on Team USA, he'd probably make this roster, but he has we never we just to assumed play. that he didn't want to play with us. So, but anyway, so obviously you know Cat didn't make it, so now you're between you know um, Zach Levine, Booker, Mitchell, and Bradley Beal, yeah, for those last two spots, and that is where the conversation that we had off camera very became very difficult. And what, what it really came down to was we both had guys that we felt had to be on the team when we felt like there was others that like could, like could have been on the team for me, the guy. And so we voted, I had one guy that I, I felt like I had to have on this team and that was Donovan Mitchell. And, and so then, therefore Donovan Mitchell, so made the therefore team. Donovan Mitchell made the team. So, Who was the guy that you felt like you well, had let's to talk have? Donovan, oh, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell? Okay. Yeah. So I, Sticking with the idea that our team was not athletic and strong and powerful enough, Donovan Mitchell is one of those guys that asserts his dominance over people. Even though he's only six foot two, he plays like he's six foot six. At least. Right? And so he goes through people, he goes over people. He has a nice handle. He has a nice jump shot. I think that he can play on ball. I think he can play off ball. I think he doesn't care if he's the twelfth guy. And an ice in his veins kind of guy. I don't think he cares if he's the twelfth guy. I don't think he cares if he's the first guy. I think he'd be super happy to be on this team. And I think that's one of the big reasons I wanted Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And, and underrated defender as yes. well, because if you're looking at our roster right now, we don't have a ton of guys who want to 
dig in on defense, yeah. especially from the guard position with Steph, Trey, and Jaw. Yes. So having another guard defender would be big for this team. Um, and then my guy who I was fighting tooth and nail to have on this team, I wanted him to come back and that would be Devin Booker. I great shooter. I, I, a great shooter, a, a Mamba mentality type of guy, a, you know, dig in and, and, and really transformed his game in the playoffs. Defensively, Absolutely. especially. I was going to say, prove like, his medal on defense. Yeah. In the playoffs, we're, we're, we're going sure. in, going into this, you know, 2021 NBA season, 2020, 2021 NBA season. Everyone was like, man, Devin Booker, great player. Got to prove himself on defense. And this mm-hmm. year he took it upon himself, especially in the playoffs, drawing tough matchups and just locking up, especially in the finals. There was, you know, the first couple of games where, you know, he was guarding Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and they struggled heavily with him as the primary defender. And so his defensive prowess definitely gave me the, like, like this is the guy we have to have. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, it's nice to have a guy that's standing in the corner that you know is going to be a knockdown three-point shooter. And when you get on the defensive end, you can put him on the best player on the other team. You can put him on the Luka Doncic. You can put him on the Evan Fournier, on the Patty Mills, and he's going to do his best. He's going to try to lock that guy down, and he has the medal to do it. And he's been there before. And he's been there before. He's, he's, he's been in high-pressure situations. Yes. So that wraps up our team here. Let me run through it for you again. Um, in the guards, we have Steph, Trey Young, John, uh, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant and uh, Devin Booker. And then we have Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, LeBron, and Cade Cunningham. Mm-hmm. And then we have Bam, Anthony Davis, and Zion Williamson. All right, before we sign off real quick, I'm going to name off my starting five, and then you can name off your starting five. Okay. All right, I go. think mine's going to be different because I just changed mine. All right, go for okay. it. Okay, I'm going to go Trey Young at the one, Donovan Mitchell at the two, Jason Tatum at the three, Kevin Durant at the four, and AD at the five. Wow. That is very different than mine. My, <laughs> my starting lineup is a little bit older. We're starting old and we're going to finish and then we're going to have young guys come off the bench. But I have Steph Curry starting at point guard. I have Devin Booker starting at shooting guard. That's funny. Our guys, yeah. I picked Donovan, you picked Booker. Yeah. I have LeBron starting at the small forward. Hey, that, hey. With Steph, with Steph and Booker, you need someone to facilitate. Yeah, yeah. So I have LeBron, and then I have Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis filling out. The you definitely court. have the older, the yes, older. I'm going older, five. but I'm trusting the old guys to get us off on the right <laughs> foot. The young guys will come off the bench and be what we need to do. But in three years from now, revisit we're, this. We're going to come back to this and see, see how wrong see we how are. Wrong we were. <laughs> it's like not a single guy on our list that made the team. <laughs> anyways, that was fun. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Spindle tap. Thank you guys for joining us on another uh, trip to Paris Ah. as we go to Paris and play some basketball in the 2024 uh, Olympic Games USA edition. We will be back again next week is our 50th podcast extravaganza. The 50th anniversary. We have been planning this podcast for For a couple weeks now. (laughs) I lied. It's been a couple hours, but hey, we're doing it more than the day before, which is a big deal for us. So the fact that that is happening we are very excited. 50 episodes down, a ton more to come. Please like, subscribe, whatever you need to do to our podcast. Share it with your friends. Share it with whoever. We're trying to grow. Team morale, definitely a big thing. Shout out to Graham Dole and Houston for Spindletop. And uh, cheers, man, to another one down. On yeah, the 50. That was fun. Cheers, man. <laughs>